Welcome to Answers from Antioch. You have joined us at the intersection of God's Word and today's world. This broadcast is brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Join us as we examine information that impacts the church, the Christian, and the Christian home. Hello, everyone, on this Sunday evening. It's so good to be with you. I'm glad you've given us some time. My co-host, Pastor Josh, and I are very grateful for all who have allowed us to be a part of your Sunday evening plans. Thank you so very much. A lot of good news to share and uh, some news that certainly wants to make us aware of what's happening in uh, the church, the Christian home. Uh, here in society. A lot of things to share there, and we want you to stay with us for this special program. Hey, did you know this past Thursday was the Take Your Bible to School Day? Now, some of you will say, perhaps many will say, I didn't know there was such a day. Well, it is there. It's the first Thursday in October. Sad to say, I wasn't aware of it until the day after. So on Friday, I began doing some research and family research. Our families started working together, churches working together to get hundreds of thousands of copies of God's Word into the school. And now the focus on the family group, who we're very grateful for. We've enjoyed their information and their uh, viewpoints and their literature for years and years. And Dr. James Dobson, uh, I knew those who knew him growing up, even as a child, and how blessed we are to have focus on the family. But they put this together uh, a year or so ago, or maybe even longer than that. But every October, the first Thursday in October, they're encouraging students to share their Bible with their classmates on Bring Your Bible to School Day. And last year, 877,000 students participated in that. Man, that's fantastic. Kids take the Word of God and take it to school with them. And 877,000 last year, uh, over 5,000 churches uh, worked in that, 50,000 schools were represented. That was last year. I've not got the information for this year, but they're expecting even more than that. So I'm hoping there'll be a million students that have taken part and bring your Bible to school day. Now, of course, uh, that is a student-led uh, day where they take their Bible to school. Uh, they take the copy of the Word of God with them, and they share it with others on what the Scripture means to them. Uh, it's aimed at students from elementary age to high school. Everyone who participates is encouraged to share with their friends, uh, perhaps even give them a Bible. Give, a, give your friends a Bible who doesn't have one, or even uh, get them set up for a Bible study with their friends. But you have every right to take a Bible to school with you, my friend. Uh, several years ago, I asked brilliant lawyer, the late Dr. Chuck Bushman, I asked him if it was legal, quote, to bring up Christianity and talk about the Bible in the classroom. And he said it absolutely is. He said, in these guidelines... If any subject is discussed in the classroom, 
other than the actual subject that's being taught. For instance, if you're in a math classroom and something is brought up about last night's ball game or what their teacher says what she's going to do or he's going to do uh, the next day outside of the school, any subject brought up other than the actual lecture or the actual information that's being taught in that class, then any person in the class has a right, has a constitutional right to speak about their Bible, to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ, to talk about their church, to bring up Christianity. And so I'm sure every classroom in our region and all around, there's many other things discussed than the actual subject being taught. So you have every right to have your Bible, to talk about your Bible, to talk about Christ. If anything's brought up other than the subject that is being taught, then you have the right to do that, according to Dr. Chuck Bushman, who is with the Lord now. We certainly appreciate his insight over the years. Now, having said that, that's encouraging to me, and I praise the Lord for that. I want to bring encouraging news to you, as well as those things that certainly challenge us, but uh, I'm blessed to hear of such events taking place. And next year, I'm going to be proactive and get involved in this more uh, than I was this year, for sure. Now, something else that I thought was very interesting is that the uh, number of young people and the number of new converts that we're getting records of in America are greatly increasing. Now, this is exciting. Perhaps we're at the beginning of an awakening. I'm thrilled to be, even be able to say that. Perhaps we're at the beginning of revival. Uh, Auburn University had a revival, and uh, several of the coaches participated. There were scores of people who made professions of faith. A uh, hundred or more was baptized. It upset the atheist group out there in Wisconsin, freedom from religion. They got really upset about it and wrote a nasty letter to Auburn University about their coaches being involved in all of that in this revival. But nonetheless, God did a work. But it wasn't only in Auburn, other places in America that I'm getting news that uh, hundreds and even thousands of people are making professions of faith and following the Lord in baptism uh, out in California. Uh, ministry, Brother Greg Laurie has, that uh, they had many, many professions of faith and went to, actually went to the ocean to baptize and had over 4,000 that followed the Lord in believers' baptism. Now, baptism does not save you, my friend. It is a believer's baptism, and baptism is that which we obey the commandment of the Lord after we have trusted Christ as our personal Savior. And these folks have followed the Lord in believer's baptism, that the testimony Brother Greg Laurie sends about that. And there's many more besides that, and I'm so grateful. Perhaps there is an awakening beginning here in America. That is good news. I love to share those things. Uh, is, is revival coming? Well, that's my prayer. I do believe Joel chapter number 2 
describes that for us. I truly believe that. I believe that he is telling us there, not only does he describe Pentecost, but he talks about in those same verses, an outpouring of the Spirit in the last days. And I do believe we're going to witness that. I believe that with all my heart. In this bit of good news as well is that uh, famous tattoo artist. He was a famous uh, TLC reality star as well. Kat Von D. Catherine Von Drakenberg is her name. Uh, she's widely known in Hollywood as Kat Von D. from the TLC reality show L.A. Inc. L.A. Inc. She shared a video of herself being baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this was after she made a public profession of faith a year ago, over a year ago, renouncing she was involved in witchcraft, occults, demonism, satanic worship. She had all this stuff in her home, and she was gloriously born again, and she got rid of those things. She posted on Facebook and other social media outlets that she was getting out of this. She had found the Lord Jesus Christ and had trusted him as her Savior and was following the Lord. And now, she, one year later, she follows the Lord in believer's baptism. And what a blessing that is. So, Kat Von D., now professing Christian, I'm so glad the devil lost a, a good right hand right there. And he lost her and her own profession of faith. She's singing in the choir. She's be, she was baptized. She's following the Lord, and she is happier than ever. Isn't that good news? Man, I love these stories that we're sharing with you today. Uh, well, a question came up, and I'm going to address real quickly. Then, then Pastor Josh is coming to share some very important information with us in just a moment. But a uh, question was asked of me this week. Is God on the outskirts of America? Is he, is he involved in America at all? Well, things we just said certainly proves that he is definitely involved. He hasn't left us. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. I know that our culture is pointing differently, but yet stories we've shared already points to the fact God has not left us. Uh, he said, I'll never leave thee. I'll never forsake thee. That's the promise to every believer we know the church is still here. We've not raptured out, and he's in the midst of his church. He promised he would be where two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. So, he, yes, he's in the midst of the church. He's still here. The church is still here. But a recent report I read from the King's College. Now, this is not King University or King College in Bristol, but King's College in London uh, suggests that the uh, Parents in the United States, parents in the United States are not concerned very much with their children being civil or even being obedient. They surveyed some 24 countries. I'm talking about countries, 24 countries. And America was down at the bottom of the list that only 21% of American adults who were surveyed said that obedience was a priority for their children, to teach them obedience and civility. But what did rank among the top of the priorities in America in the parents was tolerance. Tolerance above obedience, 
above respect for authority, above civility and being cordial and kind and respectful to others. Uh, that was at the bottom of the list in American parents, and tolerance was at the top. Ladies and gentlemen, we've missed it there, haven't we? Certainly we have. Uh, and I do believe individuals such as Kat Von D here, I do believe that her testimony is going to make a big difference in parenting and many parents and many of those young people who followed her, this tattoo artist who was involved in all the demonism and all that now has trusted Christ and is in the church and singing in the choir and baptized. Oh, well, my goodness, how wonderful that is besides the other great stories we shared. All right. Now, uh, Pastor Josh, I want you to come and share with our radio audience some very exciting things. Thank you, Pastor Brad, and thank you to our listening audience. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Answers from Antioch, brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. We encourage you to connect with us on our website. That's AntiochBristol.com, AntiochBristol.com. While you're there, you'll find the links to this program, and we encourage you to search the podcast platforms, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Search Answers from Antioch, and you'll find us right there and never miss another episode. It'll be automatically downloaded to your mobile device, and so you can listen on the go, whether it be our Monday through Friday 10-minute program or this weekend 30-minute program. And while you're on our church website, you can also find uh, our service live stream videos and links to those videos. And it's all right there. Again, the website is AntiochBristol.com. And of course, we extend an invitation to you to come worship with us at any and all of our services and contact information, driving directions, service times are all right there on the website as well. Maybe you don't have internet access. You can reach us by phone, and we can give you much of the same information. Our telephone number is area code 276-669-4030. You know, sometimes we have a hard time discerning God's will. Sometimes we make it harder than it needs to be. But I want to try to give you some practical advice from God's Word on how we can discern what God's will is for our lives. And you know, in my own life, I went through that struggle. And in in some sense, we all go through that at times and seasons of our life when we're trying to figure out, God, what would you have for me to do? When we're trying to make some life-altering decision, you know, especially when you're a high school student and you're trying to decide your college major, and your career path, and which direction do I want to go? And that is a major life-changing decision as you're coming out of high school and thinking about where do I want to work for the rest of my life, basically? What field am I even remotely interested in? And if any students are listening, any college students are listening, let me just tell you, please take the pressure off. You don't have to make that decision for the rest of your life. And you may know right now what you want to be. You may not know. 
And I've had various friends who have gone in one direction, changed their mind, went in another direction. And God can still use the degree that you have. Uh, Just for instance, my undergraduate four-year degree uh, is something that I've never used professionally. Now, I've learned, I grew, I developed my uh, study habits. Uh, I certainly developed my study habits because they had to change. I did well in high school just by paying attention in class and got all A's and B's. I never had a C in my life all the way from elementary through high school. Just pay attention in class, do your homework, and did well on the tests. I got to college with that same mindset. And guess what? It was a totally different story. And I started getting those C's and D's and and started really struggling with some classes because I wasn't spending enough time outside of class studying. And I was still trying to figure out which direction did I want to go with my life. I was taking classes that I wasn't interested in, but I had to have if I wanted to pass. And I said, my heart is just not in this uh, field of study. What can I do? What should I do? Where should I go? What should I be for the rest of my life? But that's really the wrong question. And perhaps that's another message for another time, uh, because we put so much emphasis on your career What do you want to be when you grow up? No, that's the wrong question. What do you want to do? We equate being with what you do, but God does not. Again, that's another message for another time, but that does apply to God's will because your career path is something that we often seek God and try to figure out his will, his direction. Where should I work? What should I work at? What should my career path be? And so this is just an example of how we search for God's will in our life. And so uh, the thing about my personal story, going back to my years in college uh, and the fact that I didn't use that four-year degree, but it did set me up to be able to go to seminary and to study in a master's level in seminary. Once I answered the call to preach, God began to make my path clear. And so I really saw Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 come alive in my life. And God used those verses to encourage me. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. So let's break it down. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. You see, we have a tendency to trust in ourselves and try to figure it out ourselves. Coming out of high school, I thought I had it all figured out. I thought I had my plans mapped out. I was trusting in my own understanding. I was leaning on my own understanding. And God began to work in my heart to pull me away from self and pull me closer to himself. And I began to study his word, and my heart began to draw closer to him as I began to pray, Lord, let your will be done through my life. Not my will, but thine be done. God, accomplish your will through my life. That began to be my prayer. Instead of the frustrated prayers of, God, what are you doing? What are you up to? I can't figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life. What career should I pick? 
I was so frustrated and so unsure of which direction I should go. And it felt like God's will was some massive mystery. It was like a big ball of yarn that's all been tangled up. And I had to just pull on this end and pull on that end and try to untangle all these knots and and try to figure out this big mystery and unravel all this twisted up complicated mess. But that's not really the will of God in terms of how do we find the will of God. You see, it's about first and foremost drawing closer to the heart of God. When we begin to understand his word and we begin to understand what he has said, then we can more closely discern his will and his plan for our life. And so we go back to Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. The word acknowledge there is a fascinating word. It literally means to know God, K-N-O-W, know Him. So this is the lesson. The more that you know God, the clearer your pathway will become. The more that you understand who He is, then His will becomes apparent to you. And you can walk in His will in a special way. And going back to my personal story, that's exactly what happened. Again, I saw these verses come alive in my own personal life when I began to understand that I'd been seeking out selfish goals, selfish plans that I'd made for myself with very little prayer. And I admit that that's not wise. It was unwise for me in that season of life. But I wanted what I wanted. And I wanted this certain career path, or at least I thought I did. God knew better all along. But it took me a while to catch up to his will. And maybe some of you are living right there. You're frustrated with God when in reality he's just letting you experience the end of yourselves and the end of your dreams that were never his to begin with. But you're praying, God, why don't you work out this situation Why don't you work out this plan? This is exactly what I wanted, and this is how I want my life to work out. Maybe you're frustrated with that right now, and you're frustrated with God right now. But perhaps God is doing the same thing in your life that he was doing in my life, letting you reach that place where you realize, I've been seeking what I wanted instead of seeking what God wanted. Now, that can be true in ministry. As much as it is in any other field of endeavors. And so we need to constantly be seeking the Lord. And this isn't a plea for more people to enter ministry. You know, that's my story, but God may have a different path for you. I believe that we need Christians in all areas of work. And by the way, God's will is not just confined to our work life, I'm just using that as an illustration. And the will of God applies to every aspect of our lives. And the Bible tells us some things very specifically that is the will of God. And Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, I think, is a, a key verse in all of this. The, the more that we know God, the clearer our pathway becomes. We're all faced with decisions. We're all faced with crossroads during different seasons of our life. Uh, we want to be better parents. We want to be better influences, and we want to be better followers of God. 
We want to be better in our marriages. We want to be better in all these different aspects of our lives. And so we need to understand what God said. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. He will make your pathway clear. Now, how does God make our pathway clear? How does God direct our path? Simply this, one step at a time. One step at a time. If you're looking for God to unfold the scroll on what the rest of your life is going to look at and look like, you're going to be sorely disappointed. He doesn't work that way. Think about Abraham in the Old Testament, a prime example of what I'm talking about this uh, today. And it was simply that he took one step at a time. God called him to leave Ur of the Chaldees and to go into in, a certain place. And God basically just said, pack up and go, and I'll show you where to go. So he finds himself in Haran, and then God reveals the next step, and the next step, and the next step, and the next step. Abraham journeyed with God along this pathway that God would reveal to him one step at a time. A great example of this is Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You know, Psalm 119 is a whole chapter that speaks about the power of God's word. He says, your word is like a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, this lamp that the psalmist is describing here is an olive oil lamp. It's a vessel made out of clay, a small vessel that you would carry in your hand. And it's sort of like their ancient version of a flashlight. A wick would be placed in the olive oil and it would be lit and could be carried. It's not going to light up the whole room. It's not going to light up the whole path. It's going to show the way for your feet to go one step at a time so that you can find your way and walk your way through a difficult path. And you see, that's what God's Word is. It's a light unto our path. It's a lamp for our feet. It's showing us one step at a time. Don't expect God to reveal all the plan to you. And don't get frustrated with that. This is where faith comes in. We're realizing, God, I can trust you. I can rely on you. I can depend on you. And the more that we trust him, the more at rest we can be as we just walk one step at a time, one day at a time, one decision at a time, walking with him. You don't have to figure out the rest of your life. You don't have to map out the next 10 years. Yes, it's good to plan. Yes, it's good to set goals. Yes, it's good to figure some things out and to strategize and to plan and to push for success. We we will never be successful if we never aim for anything. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that give yourself a break and let yourself rest and just take it one day at a time as you follow God Make your plans, but entrust your plans into the hands of God. And say, Lord, these are my plans. If it's not according to your will, don't let it happen. But if it is according to your will, help me to see how we ought to approach this. Help me to see how we ought to move toward this goal. And we need to walk in the will of God. 
And I hope some of the things that I've shared with you has just been an encouragement, has been a practical help to you as you're trying to discern God's direction for your life, God's plan for a specific area of your life. Go back to Scripture, draw close to God, go to God in prayer, ask Him to reveal His plan to you one step at a time, and simply take the next step by faith and trust His heart. As it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, in Psalm 119, 105, and in the life of Abraham, and many other places all throughout Scripture. Thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to visit our website at AntiochBristol.com. There you will find many ways to contact us and connect with us, and so much more. Until next time, stand firm in Jesus' truth.